This is the Image Junkies Podcast, the show for news and documentary filmmakers, with your host, Christian Parkinson. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Image Junkies Podcast. Today is part two of my interview with the brilliant cameraman in the south of England, Paul Martin. If you missed episode one with Paul, or the first part of our interview, then I recommend going back and listening to the last episode, because it's packed with really useful advice, especially for anybody who either is or wants to be a freelance camera, a news camera person. Paul's got years and years of experience, and it's really good. Today is, it's a bit of a free-flowing chat. It's the end of the conversation between Paul and I, where he actually asked me a few questions, and we went back and forth. And as you'll hear, we speak about what it's like to film in a war zone. We talk about our feelings towards the development of TV news and where it's going and working for online platforms and, and what we enjoy about seeing our pieces online as well. So I hope you find it as interesting as I do. It's a bit different to previous episodes because it's much more free-flowing and there isn't a exact focus for the interview. But I think you'll enjoy it, especially if you're fascinated by the world of TV news. Well, without further ado, here's the rest of Paul. Enjoy. But I, I wanted to ask you a load of questions about, because obviously you, be, you being based in South Africa, um, you're obviously very close onto the Zimbabwe story at the moment. And I, I'm really interested in what's going on there, especially with the new guy coming in whether he's uh, whether he's a good thing a bad thing or is it a case of meet the new boss same as the old boss <laughs> yeah that's a tricky one and i guess uh, you know in uh, in a classic answer only time will tell but um while i have to be careful about giving too strong an opinion um he certainly is from you know the uh, the mugabe inner circle so i don't think we can expect massive changes but I also think um, he'll be very aware of the fact that ZANU-PF has become very unpopular in recent years. And if he can't turn around the economy, then, you know, he's, he's not going to hope. So I, I, I think he'll be quite savvy. I assume he'll want to bring in foreign investment. And therefore, to do that, he's going to have to open up the economy um, and, and also just society in general. You know, I'm, I'm hoping the fact that foreign journalists have been welcomed in the last couple, well, the last week, Will will be a sign of things to come, you know. We may be disappointed, but um, I, people within Zimbabwe were telling me, in a way, they don't care. They just are happy that Mugabe has has gone, and anything is better than Mugabe, you know. Which is a, a shame because if he'd have retired in the year two thousand, he'd still be seen as a huge hero by everybody. Um, mm. But sadly, the last few years, he just stayed on too long. His economic policies failed. And, uh, and he just became incredibly unpopular, which is a shame because, you know, he, he did achieve great things and he could have been another Mandela, you know, if he'd have stepped down, you know, 15 yeah. years ago or whatever. I've always thought, Christian, though, over the last, over the last years that I've, that I've followed your career is the fact that you must be in a place that there is such a wealth of different cultural stories and political stories to follow. I mean, you, it, it sounds to me like that you're in the thick of it most of the time down in Africa, in southern Africa, where, is there, where, where there is a wealth of international stories. Yeah, there's certainly a lot going on. I mean, the only drawback is South Africa is 
it's almost too political in that almost everything revolves around the ANC and what the ANC are doing, you know. So sometimes I have to try and uh, extract myself from the political stories here because in a way that's not really my remit. So I sort of try not to get too involved in the nitty-gritty of sort of internal ANC politics, which we do find ourselves being sucked into being based here. Um, but it's certainly an interesting place to be, and it's never short of a story. I mean, I could drive to pretty much any township around Johannesburg, you know, and find a story tomorrow. Um, mm. There's always interesting stuff happening. And it's always the boxing Grammys was just fantastic, <laughs> mate. I really did enjoy that. Do you know what? That's been probably my, the most popular film I've ever made. I, <laughs> I think the Facebook views were in the millions. And yeah, um, yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, it's it's funny the films that you make, and you're not quite sure if they're going to work or not. That mm. you know, and suddenly just something about them sparks people, and it just gets shared left, right, and centre, and people go crazy. And and as you know, other stories that you think are amazing and you're really proud of just disappear and nobody gives a crap about. Yeah, I, I, recently, I recently did a 13-minute film for the Victoria Derbyshire show. Yes, about, I still haven't watched about that. You sent me the link. Yeah, yeah. How did it yeah, go? Yeah, I'm really proud of that film. Um, and, you know, it was, it was three days' worth of filming in one town with one story. So it was something you could really get your teeth into and get to the bottom of. Yeah. Um, and I'm sort of disappointed that it didn't make the waves that I thought it might have done. It did yeah. on the day because it sort of went all around the country and I was yeah. getting, I, I was getting good comments from lots of different people, but it's, it seems to be one of those stories that you do that is one of those stories that comes around every year. Right. Just before Christmas, you know, the homeless and people who can't afford to, to heat or eat. Yeah, those sort of those sort of stories, and I and, and I and I wonder whether the likes of you and me get to do these stories, knowing that it's going to be like water off a duck's back to some people, because it comes around every year, and it's the same old story. However hard luck story it is, it's still the same old story that we get every year. Do yeah. you find that? Yes, I think uh, a particular example working in Africa is sort of famine and starvation. Um, you know, we go there, we really care, we really care about the story. Um, but sadly, it sort of plays into this, you know, traditional narrative of, you know, oh, look, poor hungry Africans. And it, and it, it you know, in a sad way, a lot of people don't really care, um, mm. which is very depressing, you know. Or, or even worse, you cover a war somewhere and you risk your life and it doesn't get on the bulletins because, oh, well, who cares about a war in South Sudan or, you know, in Ivory Coast? Do you, do that you know must I mean? be devastating for the likes of... I mean, I'm a local news cameraman, you know. The, the, the closest I get to a war zone, really, is, is standing outside Portsmouth Crown Court on a Monday morning, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, to, but to actually physically put yourself in danger and get a story out of somewhere that is that most people are running away from must be must be heartbreaking sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it, it can certainly be a challenge. And in, in fairness, I haven't done a lot of it in the last few years. You know, I've sort of managed to avoid too many sort of wars and disasters recently. Um, I think now that I work mainly, you know, in an online capacity for, for, um, for, for online platforms, in a way it's better because I know no matter what happens, my piece is going to go out and people are going to see it. I think when I was just doing TV, there was always that chance that if you get dropped or a big story happens elsewhere, your piece will never see the light of day and nobody will ever see it again, mm. which was really Well, it's like today, isn't it? 
you know, with the, with the announcement of a royal engagement, can you imagine all of the journalists around the country who have just gone, my piece has gone. All of <laughs> yeah. those all of those hours of work that they've put into a story that was meant to go out on the six and the ten tonight exactly. have gone, and exactly. they might not come back. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 completely true. And but even um, even the amount of story, the amount of journalists who complain to me that their stories don't get put online as well. You know, they say, "Oh, but I did this great piece and it's not gone online, and you know, we're we're really disappointed or whatever." And I, you know, completely empathise with them. Uh, it must be must be quite quite heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's. Um... It, it's not a place that I would like to be in to to actually put in all the effort and find out. But you know, my stories, excuse me, my stories have been biffed on a number of occasions throughout throughout the day because something bigger has come along. Yeah. It's just part of the news industry, and that you know, you you might have put a lot of effort into it, but it, it all comes to naught because a footballer has broken a metatarsal and they're going to do extra two minutes on that. You know, that, that's, yeah. that is all it takes, literally, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. It is, uh, it is a bit depressing. I mean, at least, at least with sort of online and Facebook and stuff now, you know, there, there is an opportunity that the piece may, may run on other platforms, um, mm. which is good for us. But obviously, you know, if you're working with a sort of well-known reporter from the 10 o'clock news, they don't really care. They want to see their piece on the 10, you know, that's what that's yes. the one the politicians are watching or, or their bosses are watching. And I, I do like my stuff going out on the Facebook platforms mm. throughout BBC or ITV or whoever I'm working for. Yeah. Because I, th I think that gives me quite a good insight of to how many people want to know about this story. Because sometimes you get, you know, 50 or 60 shares and 10,000 views. Yeah. And then on a story where, which you think is near gets 50,000 views and yeah. 5,000 shares and you think well how on earth is that more popular it's just, it's the demographic it's it's the demographics of facebook and online viewership that is completely different to the 6 and the 10 that, that that's right and 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 you know some people would argue ah oh, but you know though it's uh it's a sort of lower form of journalism or well you know no. you, you can't rely no. on that but i i completely disagree you know um, it, it's, it's a better gauge for me of what people find interesting, you know, and frankly, are, people, are people obsessed with every nitty gritty, uh, detail of the Brexit negotiations or, uh, you know, um, the upcoming elections or whatever it might be. And I actually think most people, they want to know the general outline, but they, they don't care as much as people do in, in newsrooms. And, mm. and they're much more interested in, you know, the broken metatarsal of, you know, whoever, um, you know, and though it might annoy us sometimes, in a way, well, you know, someone once told me... Um, it's the human condition, mate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and the stories that people want to talk about in the pub. Mm, absolutely. So, so somebody, somebody once told you what? What was it? Well, exactly that, that the stories you want to be doing are the ones you want to tell your mates about in the pub. You, you go, oh, yeah. you never believe what I saw on TV earlier or I saw online earlier. There was this... There was this 85-year-old boxing granny. It was amazing. Oh, you've got to see it. I'll share, I'll share the link with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it, I, th I, think, I think the online is certainly, maybe not now or in the next two, five, or, well, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to go more than five years, because, mm. uh, but I certainly think that the way you and I are communicating now yeah. And the way things are going to be consumed is is via online. 
without a doubt, because even myself, being a TV person, the only thing that I watch live on television now is the news yeah. when it comes out, because, you know, that's the... But at the end of the day, when I watch the news as well, I already know most of it because I've got it online. Exactly, exactly. Um, and at least online, you can see how many people have watched it and commented on it and shared it, and that gives a good indication of how good your story is, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean... I literally, the only time I've watched news on TV recently was when I was stuck in a hotel with no, with no other English language channel. Um, <laughs> other than that, I never watch TV news. I, I mean, do I you do not. No, I consume a lot of news, but all on here. I, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't watch TV news. I find it very, very dull, incredibly dull, if I'm being honest. No, I'm. St I, well, you see, I'm completely different. I still watch the news avidly. Mm. Um, I, I guess I'm your sort of archetypal news junkie. Yeah, I suppose, you know, I can I can sit here in my, in my you can see me in my office here where I keep my equipment and various old bits of kit. Um, but in the corner here, I've got my my little uh, MacBook Air. I've got my edit suite over there. My MacBook here, it always has um, the news channel on. Right. Um, and if I get bored with the news channel, I switch over to Sky or something. But I've always got news going on in the background. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, something will come up and I think, oh, that's interesting. I'll sit and watch it. And, you know, nine times out of ten, it's it's shot by somebody that I already knew had shot it anyway. Right, so, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm interested to see what they did with story, pictures yeah. wise. Yeah. Um, but no, I I still like watching the news. And I, I think there is something in that for the foreseeable future. Do you? I do on breaking news, um, you know, I, yeah, if there's a big story, you know, a bomb's gone off somewhere and there's a live feed of it on, on you know, uh, BBC World or Sky or whatever, then, then yeah, I'll put it on. Um, but, I mean, the other day I put the news on and I wanted to see what was going on. And, um, you know, new, I, I don't want to talk about specific channels, but let's say a large UK broadcaster you know, big news story, and all I could get was a very long sit-down interview program. Um, you know, yeah. so, so you end up sort of going, oh, well, I might as well just go back onto Twitter then to actually find out what's happening, because I have no interest yeah. in watching a 30-minute interview with the Deputy Finance Minister of Bosnia. You know, it wasn't that, but you know what I mean. It was that sort yes. of thing. Um, and I think that's the problem with TV news. You don't get what you want when you want it. Whereas... The, 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 yeah, that that is very true. Sometimes when you when you're looking for a story, mm. um, and and they've got the talking head program on, yeah, uh, or the or, or the what's on what's on at cinema this, what's on at cinema this week, and um, <laughs> you've got to sit through half an hour of that before the headlines come back around again. Yeah, yeah. but um, you know, it's it's the thing is with me, it's not just watching the news as well. I mean, I've I've prepared some stuff here for you. But have you ever heard of? Um, George Jesse Turner. Yes, I have. I've got that book. Yeah, I used to work for Panorama. You have? Yeah. I thought that this was the first TV news book that I bought. I've had it for years. And I, I found his story absolutely fascinating. You know, it, I mean, you just have to look on the back here. You know, getting shot in the arse by Israeli commandos. Yeah. Um good friends with Yasser Arafat and doing battle with Pol Pot. I mean, what's not to like about being a TV news cameraman? You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I also read that book many years ago. It was also one of my first books too. I, I can't remember much about it now. I, 
I vaguely remember him hiding in a van filming through the window of Nazi war criminals in South America or something. Yeah, it was uh, for, for anybody who's listening there here, the, uh, George Jesse Turner um, is was, was one of the main cameramen for the, the UK. Uh, was it ITN, Christian? World in Action? Uh, or was it BBC or ITV? It, it I can't was an remember. ITV program, yeah, coming out of it was Granada. ITV, I think it was made it? by Granada in Manchester. Yeah, correct, correct. Granada World in Action. Yeah. I used to watch that all the time as a kid, and you know what? I think sometimes that filtered through into my older life watching programs like that. Right. Yeah. I just found that I I, I just find real life much more much more better to look at and to to try and digest than than anything mm. that anybody could write yeah you know and i've got you know the the other i've got a series of books here and these are the, these are the only books that i've kept and john Steele. yes i've also read that yeah um, war junkie very good book former itn cameraman or maybe, yeah. maybe he still works for itn i'm not sure but he was based in jerusalem for a long time do you know what? I'm I'm hoping that one day I'm going to actually meet one of these guys on the road. Yeah, you know it's um, he covered the Rwanda just to sit there and chew I the think. fat with these guys yeah. would be astounding, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's like you, it's it's like yourself, you know. I I know where, I know where you've been to film and the and the things that you must have gone through to, and to have those sort of experiences you know i've been to africa in the middle east and to beirut and places like that but not whilst the war was on i would have thought that was a hell of a place to be and you've got to put yourself in a different mindset to be able to do your job yeah i mean my 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 whole filming in those sorts of environments has always been tempered by the fact that i am a natural born coward so so therefore I've always, <laughs> <laughs> so therefore i've always been very uh sensible i guess would be the word you know i'm not one of these gung-ho guys who runs into like like the john Steele book i mean i got the impression he was you know a pretty brave dude um yeah who you know didn't think twice about running into gunfire, whereas you know I certainly don't fall into that category. You know? <laughs> Me neither. No, no. I, I I don't think. I mean, I was in the army for ten years. For God's sake, you would think I would be, but no. It's, it's I've never found that to be my thing. I don't think. I don't think that I have the absence of fear mm. to be able to stand there and film something whilst rockets are incoming. Yeah. Yeah. Or what? Or, or whilst there's a distinct possibility of of getting your ass shot off, <laughs> you know, I I, I think that's a, I think that's a young single man's game. Definitely, and, and not not for the likes of me anymore with my creaky knee. <laughs> well, I mean, and bad back. <laughs> an anecdote that might tell you a little bit about my um, my my sort of uh, attitude towards bravery and taking risks was um, Christmas Day, two thousand and seven. I was embedded mm. with 40 Commando Royal Marines in Afghanistan. My and dad's old unit. No way, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, brilliant bunch of guys, fantastic bunch of guys. And, and we were out on patrol, and we got ambushed. And so there was rounds coming in, RPGs, you know, exploding behind me or whatever. And we were in a ditch. And I think, I think this firefight had been going on for about five minutes, at which case the Royal Marine next to me nudges me with his elbow and says, 
Yeah, mate, are you going to actually film any of this or not? <laughs> yeah, I was just lying, sort of completely <laughs> unable to move. And I suddenly thought, yeah, I suppose I should film something, actually, now you mention it. You know, and sort of got up and started filming. But it was quite a long time before <laughs> did you, I was... Did, hey, did you puff your chest out and go, yeah, yeah, mate, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew my place. I knew my place. <laughs> oh, man, that, do you know what? When you hear stories from guys like you, about the times that they've done that sort of thing. I find them fascinating and, and really, really interesting to get, the, get to the bottom of what actually it takes to, to produce a report from a war zone. And, you know, you could go through four days of hell for one minute 30 of television. Mm. And at the end of the day, you know, like I said, it always comes, but it always comes down to can you tell the story to Mrs. Miggins, who is pushing fish fingers down her kids <laughs> at tea yeah. time. Can you tell her the story that she's going to be interested in? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's basically what it comes down to is storytelling and, and, and good storytelling. It's just a different location. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, the, um, the, you know, the fighting and the digging and the lying in the ditch waiting for it all to be over, that sounds exactly like Portsmouth Crown Court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in, in, interestingly, on your point um, there, I actually think what you do is much, much harder because it's incredibly easy to make, you know, a gun battle in Sierra Leone look, you know, amazing. Mm -hmm. It's a hell of a lot harder to get Mrs. Miggins doing a story about, you know, her gas bill to look interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day, in, in the 20 odd years that I've been doing this as a regional news cameraman with the with the occasional foray into network news, uh, which which gladly is becoming more and more often as time goes on. But that's by the by. But as a, as a regional news cameraman, I always find it interesting that, you know, with the, with that story I did for Victoria Derbyshire, I spent three days with the homeless. And three days ago, I was interviewing a, uh, a Viscountess. Right. You know, two steps away from the royal family. And you think there's a whole glut of people in the middle of those two extremes hmm. that want to know what's going on around them. And I find regional news is, the, is still the place for that. And I think Definitely. people are still interested in their regional news. Yeah. Because BBC South, for example, and ITV Meridian have huge numbers. Yeah. They still do have huge numbers watching them. And when it goes out online, that, that, that number gets bigger because it reaches an audience now with Facebook and Twitter and various other online platforms that you didn't reach before. Yeah. You know, my, my, my grandson, who is 16 years old, sometimes now shares my stories. Right. Oh, that must be nice. Uh, well, well, one, it's because Grandad filmed it. Yeah. But two, it's because I, I, I like to think that he likes the story. Yeah. Because he's obviously watched it. Otherwise, he wouldn't share it to his friends. That's not the way teenagers work these days. Well, that's true. But, um, you know, to be a regional news cameraman is, is a great thing to be because you, you, you actually do touch people's lives, whereas sometimes the network news is, is, can it's, be somewhat detached from their everyday life. Exactly. Does, does that make sense to it you? It makes perfect sense. I mean, I don't know if you're aware, but I actually used to work in regional news in Manchester for Northwest Tonight many years ago. And um, interestingly, working in national news, 
no reporter I ever worked with ever got recognized, and nobody knew anything about them or who they were. Working in regional news, there was a few reporters who everywhere I go, people would know them, they'd yeah. greet them. You yeah, know, they were much more faces, they were much more known than your big famous national news reporters who no absolutely one knew. Absolutely, they were. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I get that all the time when I go out with certain reporters from from either BBC or ITV. You know, they, they come up to them and go, I know you. I know you off the telly. And they say, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm so-and-so. I work for this particular regional news outfit. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah I knew I knew you. I see yeah. you on telly most nights. Exactly. But I always... That's my that's my cue to actually step in and go. Yeah, nobody recognises the cameraman. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit true. <laughs> but it's it's I've I've always loved the fact that that local people around where I live and all throughout the south of England and I, I know that most people will have seen my work mm. and that pleases me. Yeah. That really does please me. And whether they've seen it on the television or whether they've seen it online, it, it, it's heartwarming to know that something that you're doing day in, day out, out there filming the news and, and putting these sequences and these stories together is still touching people. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I find that enormously pleasing. Yeah. Well, Paul, I think that is a perfect place to wrap up. That's a really nice end thought. I think it is, isn't it? It nice, is. Nice, warm and fuzzy just before Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> All right, it is nearly Christmas, so that seems like a great place to end it right there. I'm going to take a break for a couple of weeks, and I will be back with a new episode in the new year, early in the new year. So watch this space. Uh, should be the first Monday after New Year that I'll have a new episode out. So keep in touch. You can follow me online where I'm at Image Junkies on Twitter and on Instagram. And I've got my website, imagejunkies.net. If you're interested in the world of TV news, camera people and video journalists, then you might like my book, Camera Confidential, How to Succeed as a Video Journalist. It is available on Amazon and it's also available via my website as a PDF. So do have a look. There's chapters on all sorts of interesting things. What is the modern video journalist? How to get started in the business? Tools of the trade, you know, the kit, that sort of thing. The craft, where I look at filming and editing. Becoming a travel ninja, hints and tips for traveling around the world. Dealing with extreme weather, thanks a lot to Rick Porsche on that one, previous guest of the show. And war and hostile environments, um, working in, in extreme places, under extreme conditions. And all of these are chapters where I've interviewed a lot of other camera people, video journalists and reporters. So it's not just my opinions. This is, this is opinions sourced from across the industry. So hopefully you'll find it really interesting. I loved writing it, actually. Anyway, guys, happy Christmas. And please do reach out if you've got any questions or also if there's any other guests you think I should interview. Do give us a shout or drop me a line on Twitter or Instagram. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.